G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Another great opportunity today to check the pulse in nations around the world where Christians are experiencing persecution. In the small kingdom of Brunei, conversion from Islam is outlawed. The people are under Sharia law, including Christians who are forced to keep Islamic customs. All Christian churches are monitored, including officially registered ones. Tony Benjamin is the CEO of Voice of the Martyrs and has recently returned from Brunei. Tony Benjamin, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Tony, you've been to Brunei just recently. Families there that are Christian are under quite significant pressure. Yes, they are, Neil. They um, they find themselves having to practice their Christianity under cover or under wraps, if I can call it that way. So we're finding that the the, the very sparsely uh, scattered few official churches that exist there are really dying out, and we're finding that the house church movement is on the rise in quite a dramatic way. And because if a family member converts to Christianity, that really creates all sorts of conflict, doesn't it? Yes, it certainly does, and uh, particularly if it's a Muslim background believer, because that brings all sorts of pressure upon them, and um, 99% of the time they ostracize by their their Muslim family and the community that they live in, and have to find alternate um, accommodation or relocate or, you know, those sorts of things. So um, it's a very difficult experience for any Muslim that, converts to Christianity in a place like Brunei. And um, there are no secrets in Brunei. They even, you know, when you attend a local house church there even, they don't allow any strangers in there. People have to be vetted because they even spies among the Christians themselves. And um, the spies go and dob the house church leaders in so that they can get favor from the sultan. And what sort of what sort of penalties are Christians facing if they are caught uh, either having some sort of outreach fellowship idea or or uh, in fact uh, if there's an accusation that there's been conversions going on? Well, they will get warned by the police and they'll either get arrested. In many cases, um, because Brunei is such a small place, many of the people work for the government or for the municipality and that. And it has resulted in them losing their jobs and their livelihood if they found out to be Christians and they contravened the, you know, their brand of Sharia law there. So it's very severe, uh, very, very severe indeed. And um, the way it works in Brunei is that the sultan gives you land and you can build a home on the land and so on, but you can't resell it. So in some of the cases, people actually lose their land, they lose their homes, they lose everything. Wow. And what happens in the situation where you've got a married couple and one of them 
who is a recipient of the gospel or in some way that they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour, what happens in a marriage situation in the uh, kingdom of Brunei? Well, that's not recognized. For starters, it won't be recognized at all. And um, the challenge comes, as in Malaysia, the challenge comes when they have children and the kids actually have to go to school. That's when they really get problems because there are no facilities really for Christians in either of those places. But in Brunei, uh, particularly Brunei, you have to practice Islamic uh, law. So when kids go to school, those are the only schools there unless the parents can afford, which is not likely, afford an international private school. So there are no real facilities for them. Um, And you can't change your... You can't change your ID from Muslim to any other faith there. Um, Because conversion is completely outlawed, so they wouldn't even consider that you'd be changing from Islam to Christianity. Look, the Sultan of Brunei, he's the ultimate ruler, and I suspect heavily influenced by his neighbours in Malaysia. What would be the influence that comes from the Malaysian form of Islam to, uh, to the Sultan of Brunei? Well, you know, um, I think it's the, 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 the fundamental Islamists that are influencing the Sultan because people were saying to us, the locals were saying to us, up until a few years ago, they coexisted quite easily, but things have become gradually worse to the point now that the Sultan has decreed that by 2035 there will be no Christianity in Brunei. As you can imagine, this is in conflict with what's actually happening on the ground where Christianity or the house church movement is just exploding at an alarming rate and is very, very healthy. So I believe when we talk about Malaysia, since Malaysia's election in May last year, people thought things would change, but they're actually getting worse. They're going more towards a more fundamental Islamic um, way of life there. So it's definitely having uh, the adverse effect where Christians are concerned. And there is quite an influence from Malaysia into the Kingdom of Brunei, for sure. Now, there are some churches allowed in Brunei, and you mentioned that where churches do gather, they're being monitored by authorities. In other words, you're allowed to have church, but you're not allowed to invite a friend. Is that the way it works? That's the way it works, particularly locals. You cannot get any locals involved, and this is where the problems come where the locals convert to Christ. It's so if you're a foreigner, like in Malaysia, if you're from a Chinese background or from any other background other than ethnic Malaysian, you can pretty much coexist there. But the minute you step out of those boundaries, you will have a problem. And this is where these problems start to arise. So you're finding that the um, there's one particular church that we saw in the middle of Bandu Dar es Salaam, which is, uh, you know, it's just an ordinary church there, but the locals were banned from using the church. They just put the fees up to such an astronomical amount for them to use the facility, but they no longer can because of pressure from the government. So, you know, it's fine if you're, uh, you know, born outside of Brunei or you're born of a, uh, you know, if you're Chinese or like I said, Korean or so on and so on, but... When you're a local Bruneian, um, they don't entertain the fact that you, you know, you're going to change your faith from being a Muslim. 
And you say the Sultan has already got a plan, uh, no more Christianity. Did you say 2035? And I imagine that means squeezing Christians out of the country altogether. Is that the way, is that the way it, uh, it sounds like that to me? Is that the way you see it? That's the way the locals believe it to be also. You know, so what they're doing is they, like, for example, in Brunei, the way it stands right now, you cannot celebrate Christmas publicly at all. And when you celebrate it privately, and if you have a neighbor that complains, then you'll be in trouble also. You'll be told to stop the celebrations. So they are turning the screws on every bit of activity that Christians are doing and practicing. And um, they don't trust it. They, they say that it's collusion. There's all kinds of terms that they use for it, as they do in some of these other places, like China and Malaysia. They use all these weird terms that they're working against the state and it's, you know, they can't gather more than five or ten people and all these same rules apply that they apply in many of the other Muslim countries. So that's their way of squeezing Christianity out, I believe. And um, they're just making it harder and harder for people to practice their faith. And, Tony, what about Voice of the Martyrs? Is it a depressing thing when you visit and you hear of what's going on on the ground in a kingdom like Brunei? Uh, What is the inspiring thing that you can share with us as to what sort of need there is and what sort of desire there is from the people to actually have access to the Scriptures and uh, access to Christianity? Look, it saddens us when we see what's going on locally, but, and I say but, Like I said at the beginning of this interview, the church, the house church movement is growing, it's expanding. There are a lot of young people um, stepping up, joining the local house church movement, and we're finding that the biggest challenge they have at the moment is not enough leaders. So they need discipleship training, they need more resources, they need Bibles, they need uh, Christian literature um, that can help them build up or grow their leadership capability. And that's where the need is at the moment. And we left there literally in tears. You know, it was like going, leaving family when we left there after being there for a week because it was such a vibrant atmosphere. You could feel the Holy Spirit tangibly being in those meetings that we attended. Some of the meetings we had to attend, we were only told to us prior to the meeting actually happening where it was going to be for fear of reprisal from the government. And... Um, but the house church movement is so vibrant over there, and they're growing them. And we're talking about house churches where there are 50 and 60 people. We're not talking about four or five. So they're having now to break those up so that they don't get, you know, so they don't have any ears or eyes on them because, the, you know, the, the numbers are so big. But they don't have enough leaders, as I said. So we're helping them to grow their leadership. We're helping them to strengthen the... Um, the body of Christ as it is there at the moment, even if we have to take them out of the country to get some training, we will do what we need to do to assist them. And Tony, Brunei is such a small kingdom. I wonder whether you can reflect on how the Christians there feel, because being so small, you might feel a little insignificant. You might think, uh, are Christians around the world aware of the sort of persecution issues that we're facing here? Uh, what are your thoughts for the idea of not feeling abandoned, not feeling forgotten? And this is something I know that Voice of the Martyrs does so well, getting word out to the rest of the world that these things are a real concern. Well, that's very true what you say, Neil, because when we cited some examples of 
Christians and what's happening in some of the other countries around the world, they really felt as though, wow, we actually privileged in many ways that we can still gather openly or during the day most of the time anyway, and we can have 40, 50 people here and we can have a church service and we can do praise and worship and so on and so on. And um, when I shared with them some of the stories out of China, some of the stories out of places like um, the Middle East and, and, and Turkey and so on, and they were quite alarmed to think that this is happening, you know. But it did help to strengthen their faith and their resolve in that, you know what, we got to keep going here. we really got to keep going here because God is with us. He will lead us. He will guide us. He will protect us. And that, for me, was such an encouragement, knowing that, you know what, Voice of the Martyrs can be a part of actually uplifting this, these guys' faith and building up their faith and giving them the kind of resources that they need to do so. So that was very encouraging for us. Well, Tony, listeners, undoubtedly, many will want to be supporters in some way of the good work that you do, whether it become a prayer partner or whether it be a financial support in some ways, getting those resources and strengthening into the hands of those people, those Christians in Brunei. I'll point people to the Voice of the Martyrs website. V-O-M stands for Voice of the Martyrs. It's vom.com.au. And you'll be able to connect with Tony and you'll be able to connect in all sorts of other ways that you might like to be a supporter of Christian believers who are under intense persecution in Brunei. Tony Benjamin is the CEO of Voice of the Martyrs. It's vom.com.au. Tony, thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.